The following is a 5 for 2 production. Hey, I want you to welcome some very old friends of ours, Leonard Skinner! We are up to episode L. Can you believe it? (laughs) Loser. (laughs) Yes, Rocky. All right, Rocky making another appearance. He is a regular, uh, regular cast member of Ticket Stubs. Ticket Stubs, yes. If you're joining us for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, or if you're a regular listener, you know every week we come to you and tell you all our favorite concert stories. As Todd says, the ones that you wish you had seen. Yeah. As my as a T-shirt I once got from my mother-in-law said, uh, I may be old, but I saw all the cool bands. You know, the good bands. That's right. Not quite all of them, and we'll kind of uh, get to that this evening, but, uh, but I've seen quite a few. A lot more than most people, so... Uh, we got that going for us. Todd, how you doing well, this week? I, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I wanted to start us off. We'll, start, we'll actually start alphabetically tonight with a band that you and I have seen together okay. at Newport Music Hall. As a matter of fact, I actually got to interview uh, the drummer of this band. Okay. Uh, thanks to uh, the magic of WOSR. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you didn't do that interview. Maybe because maybe I bugged you because I wanted to do it or something. I don't know, but uh, you know. I, I had no no interest in, in interviewing, you know, like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Testament or whatnot. But, you know, <laughs> hey, LA Guns is coming to town? Yeah, I, I, I want to meet those guys. So, uh, so yeah, that was pretty cool. I got to actually interview the drummer. Uh, we had, It was when uh, the street scene was still next to the Newport. Okay. And, uh, so we just went over there, and I had my little tape recorder. It came out like shit. And oh, uh, All the episodes. I was listening to an old WSR episode that I recorded this week with John Bush. Uh, he was in Anthrax. He was in uh, Armored Saint at the time that I did the interview, but he later went on to sing for Anthrax. But, yeah, it sounds like total shit. I'm like, I played this on the air? Oh, God. I and more than, more than likely, I held, like, the tape recorder to the microphone, you know. Real, yeah, yeah high-tech stuff. Right, WSR, real pirate radio, folks. Yep, yes. But, hey, anyhow, I got to meet the drummer, and it got me, uh, you know, the backstage pass. And uh, Now, is this the show that I remember? Is this a different L.A. Guns show? But I remember us seeing L.A. Guns once together. And the first time the first time Phil uh, Lewis, the singer, spoke, <laughs> Todd, uh, now first, Todd looked at me. First of all, let me set this thing up, all right? Now, because... <laughs> You know, I you know I I'm a, starting I'm a hot tonight, folks. I'm a sucker for marketing. Uh, you know, I believe what I see on the MTV and and you know and and the Hit Parader magazines, or at least did as an 18 or 19 year old. Uh, you know, so you know, to me, LA Guns looked like this badass LA Sunset Strip. You know, good old American band. Now, Kevin, go ahead. And take it <laughs> so there. the first time. Phil Lewis spoke, who has a very pronounced English accent. Todd looked at me and said, he's a fucking limey. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you didn't that re- I have anything against our British brothers, but I mean, I, I was just, I was taking it back. I, you know, I was not expecting it. You either were not informed at the time or didn't remember that he actually sang for the band Girl 
an English band before he was in L.A. Guns. He was in that band with Phil Collin from uh, Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Uh, see, I did not know that. You know, can't, keep, can't keep track of all the bands out there, man. And, uh, and I, now, I don't think you saw – I saw them again at the Newport later, maybe like a year or so later. And uh, this is one of those stories that I'm just telling because of the dicks at security at the Newport. So, and I actually worked with this jackass too. I got thrown out for taking a picture, you know, back when they had the little crap right, cameras right. and the flash bulbs, you know. And this douchebag, Brian, I mean, you know, typical like high school wrestler, and that's about as as far as he was going to get in life. And uh, you know, he worked with me at uh, WXMX as a board operator, and uh, he was, you know, he was he was really proud of his radio skills, uh, you know. But then he ended up getting a job as security at Newport. And sure as shit, this is the dummy that threw my ass out of the second LA gun show because I took a picture. I swear to Christ, I you know, I was I, I knew where his I knew where his father's shop was in town. I was about ready to go bust some windows after that. I was really pissed. But, uh, so that's that, that's 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 LA guns. Moving on. Uh, yeah, I, bowlers. I actually bowlers. Uh, Oh, I was gonna mention LA guns again because you know um LA guns splintered, you know. So so one I saw one of the lineups of LA Guns, the one with Phil Lewis, but without Tracy Guns, once at a uh, at a place in my hometown, the Columbia Music Theater. Which this is a typical uh, Southern Ohio move here. The place burnt down, but they still continue to use it as a business. They threw some bleachers in the empty shell and called it an outdoor venue. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It was L.A. Guns and the Skid Row without uh, Sebastian Bach. Sebastian so, Bach. Yeah. What's, what's the point of that? Big, big timing right there. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that was the only other time I saw L.A. Guns. But okay, so the league bowlers, uh, we couldn't get Colin on tonight again. He he blew us off. But uh, again, we're gonna drag him on for the W's. Damn it! He keeps uh, saying he wants to come on. I, I know. know. I know. So we're gonna we're gonna hold him to this. We may have to actually go to the coffee shop and and hold him down and you know. Or, yeah, just, just bring the camera to the coffee shop, Kevin. What's he going to do? I may have to do it. You know, I may have to mask up and go in and uh, and get this done. But uh, So, hopefully, we will have Colin Gow on sometime. It's not just the little tease we're dangling. But, anyway, the league bowlers are Colin's other band. Besides One of his other bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, now he's kind of combined everything under the league bowlers banner. But I- I'll be honest. I've probably seen Colin Gow more than any other uh, musical artist in my life. I, I, definitely... I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him solo quite a bit, uh, but I, but certainly not as many times as I've seen Watershed. Right, but I mean, between Watershed, Colin solo, and League Bowlers gigs, and then he used to have the Lonely Bones, which for yeah. a while was more Watershed. You know, which for a while was half of Watershed. It was right. Colin and Herb, and Herb's now in the League Bowlers, so it's all very. You know, it's like that old English rock scene. You remember the old, um, remember the old family trees where it's like mm-hmm. well, whites. All the members of White Snake were also in Rainbow, who were also in, uh, right. you know, Deep Purple, who were also in Jethro Tull. Or you know, it, it just would like go on. We could probably do that for the Columbus uh, music scene, Todd. Probably, probably. Yeah, so I, I just, I figured they were they were worth a mention. If if you don't have uh, the record Some Balls, it's it's worth looking up on eBay. Uh, I'd probably find it for ten bucks. Yep, yep. Little uh, uh, got a nice cover. It's a little satire of the uh, Rolling Stones, some girls cover. So, so go check that out. Some Todd, balls. Um, hey, it took some balls to you know try to rip off the Stones cover. So you know, for sure, for sure. Somebody I wanted to mention. Um, I'm going to cheat on this one. 
because obviously you and I were not old enough. I mean, I guess we were, but we would have been very, very young if our parents would have taken us to see Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So, uh, have you ever seen uh, any of the Zeppelin um, members solo? I've only I've seen Robert Plant open for the Who. Okay. Okay. Nah. I, was, <laughs> I did. I did see Plant and Page on the '95 tour there, right when the what's now the Q Arena in Cleveland opened. That would have uh, been cool. It was cool. Uh, it's funny because at the time I thought they were like I was like. Oh man, those guys are so old up there rocking out, you know. And yeah, that's great that they're still doing it at such an advanced stage. And they were like forty-five at the time. Right now, yeah, now that yeah. <laughs> but they're still well. Plant's still out there doing it. Seems like uh, he's the only one that uh, you know doesn't want to do Zeppelin again. I mean, Jimmy's just staying home and like you know collecting thirteen-year-old girls. That's it. That's all he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he always liked me young. That's true. That's true. But so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that on the kind of cheat on that. That way we don't have to mention them down in the, in the peas. So. All right, well, I got another L that you probably don't have on your list, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. Phil Lesh and Friends. Nice, nice. I, so. I never got to see Phil Lesh. There was a, a show that I missed because I had to go on vacation. It was pretty legendary at the uh, LC where a uh, torrential rainstorm uh, played. Uh, it was Phil Lesh with um, – Levon Helm opening, so but I didn't get to see it, so I won't tell. The I, would, I never got to see Levon Helm. Me neither. And if I would have, again, I kind of had to miss that because it kind of it coincided with like the night I left for you know one of my many road trips. So sometimes you got. I've seen Phil and Friends three three times, three times. Nice. Uh, once with Willie Nelson, which was awesome. Excellent. Uh, but uh, Phil and Friends was always my favorite post Jerry Garcia variation. Uh, yeah. I was never a big rat dog guy. I mean, I, you know, I love me some Bobby, but what, you know, once the band broke up, Bobby just slowly started morphing into a Santa Claus looking variation of Jerry. <laughs> and, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, I, I still love the guy, but, uh, you know, it's not, not, it's not quite the same. Right. I got you. I got you. But I always, Phil was always my favorite member of the dead. I'm not a big deadhead, but for some reason I just always kind of liked his uh, attitude. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. For sure. How about uh, uh he was uh you know he was not your typical bass player and the fact that he just kind of stand back and you know and let everyone else shine. But uh, he he liked to be heard. <laughs> you here's know? a band. Uh, here's another band in that kind of Grateful Dead uh, area. What about Little Feet? You ever see those guys? Little Feet and I was going to say Lion Eyes. Yes, uh, uh, I got I got them right next to Little Feet on my list here. But uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen Little Feet. Uh, Three, Beats three don't times. fail me now. Nice, nice. Three right times. On. I've seen them at least twice. Heather went with me once. It was a real good time. Good time. Lion Eyes, of course, kind of a, a clutch protege band uh, from Maryland. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a hippie stoner, you know. Yep. Uh, they've kind of gone through some different uh, phases. They had a definite uh, reggae, uh, you know, reggae phase, but then they kind of totally went, you know, full on clutch vibe. But, uh, Nothing seems to be working out for them, but uh, they they're still they're still out there, uh, you know, giving it their all. So. Nice guys. I mean, look, every time every time they open with Clutch, me and Tommy always got to go backstage. So right he, on, great guys. bunch of guys and a great band. Uh, don't you know? If, uh, hopefully, maybe someday it'll pick up for them, man. How about so worth giving a mention there? It's worth sure. giving a mention. Another band that Living I know Co- both of us. Living Color. Ah, yes, I saw Living Color once at uh, Rock on the Range. Uh, I saw them open for the Stones back in the and, and I saw the Stones, too. Um, yeah, I saw them with the Stones as well. 
I'll be honest, back then I thought they blew the Stones away. I didn't think the Stones were that great on that tour. I know, really, I did. And uh, the Stones totally made up for that. We'll talk about that when we get to the R's. But uh, with the Ohio Stadium show that I saw with you. But uh, I think we talked about that at the time I said. Of the two times I've seen the Stones, it was just, like, completely different. But I don't know what it was. But Living Color were really good. I'm not saying, you know, they're a better band than the Stones. but just No, no, but they were good that day is what you're saying. They were good that day. And, you know, probably a little more in my – you know, I was at that time. I was probably going to. See it was '89, dude. I mean, that was right. you know, that was our genre. I was, I was still a metalhead, and I was going to see the Stones because it was the Stones. You know, you got to go see the Stones. But uh, you know, so I, I was probably just feeling the, the living color groove a little. Well, bit. as 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 Mike Cooley once said, you know, in 1989, the Stones had been playing for 20 years. You know, you know, and uh, and I thought that was ancient. <laughs> Now, we've been playing for as long as the Stones were playing back then. I still think it's ancient. So. For sure. Yeah, so anyhow, God bless me. Uh, Los Lobos. I have never Lobos? seen Los Lobos. That's one on my bucket list. I would like to They're see great. those guys because I, uh, I know they I know they rock. You know, anytime I've ever seen them on any kind of TV. Saw them at uh, Memphis and May Festival. Along with uh, a whole bunch of others that day, Isaac Hayes, Joan Jed, George Thurgood, Foreigner. I mean, that was a, that was a good weekend. Nice. Uh, and well, there is what there's one more. I, I don't know if you had it on your list or not. What about our our boys Lucero? That's of course. That's what Lucero. I was just I was just about to try to bring up. Uh, discovered them. I discovered Lucero because I saw that they had opened a tour for Drive By Truckers. I didn't actually see them with the Drive By Truckers. But I, you know, I had seen some advertisements. Like, they had played together. Like, yeah, and I and I saw like they had a graphic with kind of like a, a beer bottle or something next to the drum kick, you know, or something. It just looked cool to me. So the next time they cruised through town, I was like, I went out to see them and became a big fan. Man, I started kind of chasing them around a few times, you know, a lot like DBT. Um, couple uh, Lucero sh- stories for me, real quick ones. Um, the second time I saw them, again, we took our old friend Bram. I took our old friend Bram. I was like, hey, you want to go on a road trip to Cincinnati to see this band that you've never heard before? They're kind of like DBT. Bram was up for a good road trip, and he ended up becoming a good fan as well. That's when uh, Todd Bean uh, was uh, actually filling in from Glossary, was also filling in uh, on slide guitar for uh, on pedal steel for uh, Lucero. And yeah. I saw him up there setting up. I'm like, this guy looks familiar. So I just walked up to him like, are you, are you in another band? He's like, yeah, I'm in a band from Athens, Georgia, called Gloucester. I was like, oh, I've seen you open for, you know, the drive-by truckers at homecoming. But um, now then, he also played for another band we're familiar with. Played for Two Cow Garage. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. This guy's gotten around. Todd Bean's a great guy. Uh, you know, when, when drive-by truckers or when, uh, I was going to say fired, when uh, when uh, John Neff left, I was uh, hoping I was suddenly, hoping Bean would. Uh, I, I thought yeah. Todd Bean would have been the perfect selection just to put right in there, you know. For sure. Um, and then another time, this is funny. You'll get a kick out of this side. So my third Lucero show, I roped Heather in, pretty much like my third DBT show. I was like, all right, babe, I'm gonna take you. We're going out to Indian. We're going to Indianapolis for a nice weekend night. You know, you're gonna see this band. You, oh, you didn't tell her you're going to see a band? Yeah, I told her we're going to see a band. I was like, come on, we're gonna see this band, Lucero. You know, she. Heather's always up for a road trip, even if she doesn't necessarily think she's going to like the music or whatever. It took her a little while to get into DBT, actually. But uh, 
So, so we get there and, you know, we find the club and it's a little place and we park the car and, you know, we're walking up and as we walk up, we see this sandwich board. I, I hadn't bought tickets. We see the sandwich board outside the thing tonight, Lucero sold out. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, babe. Uh, I'm sorry. We just drove three hours and uh, the show sold out. So, so I'm like, okay, uh, wh- what are we going to do here? So, um, I asked this guy, kind of just wandered around outside. I pulled the old, hey, got an extra? And he says, uh, no, uh, we're sold out. This light bulb goes off in my head. It's like, oh, this guy, this guy's got something to do with the show. He said, we're sold out. So I just kind of nonchalantly commented. I was like, man, that really sucks because we came here all the way from Columbus. And, and I had some trash in my hand, so I walked up the street to throw it away in a trash can or something like that. I was kind of just racking my brain, what, what's my next plan going to be? And as I came back, this guy's like, hey, man, uh, did you really come here from Columbus? And I'm like, yeah, man. I, I pulled out my Ohio driver's license. He's like, here, come with me. He walked me and Heather up to the uh, door guy and said, hey, let these two in. You know, so, ah, the concert guys are smiling. There you <laughs> I go. Had, a lot, had a lot more money to spend on beer and merch that night, too. There you go. See, it always <laughs> works out in everyone's favor. Yes, yes. So, uh, so, um, yeah. uh, any good Lucero stories uh, stick out for you? We, I, I've seen him open for the truckers, which I, I think was in Philly. Okay, you and actually I think got that to was see him first together. time. Uh, Electric Factory. Okay. Uh, and then we've seen him like twice at Scully's. I want to say at least twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen Ben, uh, the singer, um, solo once at uh, Rum Cafe, and it was pretty. It was pretty funny. Uh, he's he pretty walked, rough, I hear. Well, he walked on stage completely sober, and you know he started talking and everything, and someone handed him a shot, and he was like. Oh man, I was hoping to wait till a little later in the show for those. He's like, ah, oh, but what the hell? So he drank that first shot. It's, that opened the floodgates. the The show was a, a sociological experiment in watching a man go from sober to completely blasted in just an hour and a half. So, and, and this doesn't just happen at Ben Nichols solo shows, folks. This could happen at any given Lucero shows as well. So, it's well, part see, of that's the- kind of what I liked about the truckers too was the fact that you know. I've never really seen five guys in a band drink an entire gallon of Jack Daniels in two hours. Uh, and they did it. It wasn't no, it wasn't no tea. I'll tell you that. It wasn't, you know. So yeah, when you watch them pop the seal themselves as they walk on stage. You know? Well, look, when they're handing you the bottle and letting you drink out right. of it, you can test it yourself. Uh, you know. Like woo. So yeah, so Lucero. Nice, Lucero. Uh, did you have any other L's? I I, I have two more big names. I um, I, I wanted to just uh, give a brief mention to the queen of country music, Loretta Lynn. Uh, I there you go. To, Never seen her. Got to see her uh, several years back. I don't think she's you know touring anymore, but God bless her. She's still with us. Um, it was really great. Uh, she had the Oak Ridge Boys opening, Ohio State Fair show, of course. Um, that's where you see all the good country music shows, so, folks. But uh, she, um, she had just had some kind of a surgery on like her hip or something like that. So she did actually walk on stage in this beautiful gown and sang like the first two songs, you know, standing. And then she, she graciously said, you know, folks, uh, just uh, recovering from, you know, a little medical, you know, a little medical ailment. So you won't mind if I sit down, will you? And they brought a chair out for her and just a folding chair. And she sat on it and like her daughters kind of, her twin daughters kind of attend to her during the show. And they're part of the show. They can out sing a song here or there. And uh, they came out in the ring. They the scarves. Yeah. <laughs> they arranged, you know, they arranged her gown neatly below her. It, uh, it gave me the impression, I call her the queen of country music, but really did give you the impression of a queen sitting on her throne. And 
she did the whole she did 27 songs i mean saying you know everyone except for you know like a, she did she had one guest male vocalist who did like the conway you know he did the conway duets with her some of her famous duets with conway twitty and then she let him sing a solo song and then her daughters each had a song or something like that but otherwise i mean she really uh you know she she gave a, a marathon performance so God bless, uh, God bless Loretta Lynn. She always reminded me a bit of my mama, and my mama used uh-huh. to sing along to her songs on the radio. So yeah, yep, yep. So that's a good memory. That's a good memory. See, that's that's the amazing thing about music, folks. It's it's not just the music itself that affects you; it's the memories that mm-hmm. that you know leave behind. Uh, you know, the, the 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 people that it reminds you of, the places that it takes you to. Right. Uh, that's that's truly the magic of music. Uh, you know. And then when you get to go see it live. You know, that's when all those, you know, like if you're into a band, when all those memories and everything, it all kind of comes together. And it's like this, this big booming, you know. And that's the magic of ticket stuff, <laughs> boys and girls. That's that's the lesson here today. Now, Todd, I, I never, there's an L story I want to tell just real quick. I never got to see Loverboy, but I, in my roadie days, we've talked about my roadie days. I mentioned the Kiss show I worked last week. I got to work at Lilith Fair, so I guess this kind of falls under the L's. And the Lilith Fair, ladies and gentlemen, was the big uh, women's power, girl power, uh, lesbian fest. Uh, you know, not just, let's uh, put it this way: the odds of us getting laid at Lilith Fair were slim and none. And, <laughs> none was, and Slim was on vacation in Florida. So, but yeah. anyway, so so comes the morning of the show, and we're unloading all the gear off of this big truck, and you know we're pulling away amp tanks. All of a sudden, there's this big, red, pretty road case with Loverboy <laughs> on it. So I don't know which. I don't know if it was Sarah McLaughlin or if it was Jewel or if it was one of the other, you know, Natalie Merchant or one of the other ladies that were playing that day. But somebody had bought, you know, gotten a good deal on some road cases, and uh, and they were using an old Loverboy case. So I, I just thought that was pretty funny. I, 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 of course, made the joke like, oh, I didn't know Loverboy were playing today. Uh, <laughs> Only male band on the uh, on the bill, right. ladies and gentlemen. They're gonna play first, so you can throw things at them. And <laughs> Mike, what's it, Mike? Mike, what's his name? Became uh, transgender, so they count. <laughs> but, uh, oh lord! All right, so, so well, you said you had some other big names before. We I got, to I got main two event. big ones. Uh, okay. These are two of the biggest goddamn names in rock and roll. Folks. All right, I've, I've seen them. I'm ready. So, Little Richard. Me too. Jerry Lee Lewis. I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about Little Richard under the L's or the R's. So no, that's good. Little Richard is now. Yeah, yeah. I told you, I, I see. I saw him at again the Dublin Kaufman Fireworks. Yeah. This, this is a venue that keeps coming up in our shows, and that's because we've seen a lot of big classic rock acts there. You know, I, I think they should. I think they should uh, buy advertising. <laughs> Give them a call. They don't even need it. I mean, you know, they just book an act and. The place is packed, of course. They should you pay know. us, is what I'm saying. For as oh, really? Time. Yes, that's right. For next year, you know, you're going to want everybody coming back in 2021. So, yeah, that's buy right. some advertising on Ticket Stars, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, <laughs> Little Richard. Now, you had mentioned, I think, in our very – no, in our second episode that you saw Little Richard and Chuck Berry together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you go ahead. Go ahead. Tell, uh, tell your uh, little Richard. So yeah. So I mean, now again, we can you can you can go back and watch the B episode for yourself. But I I talk mainly about Chuck on that one. So uh, Chuck actually opened up for Little Richard that night, and uh, so by the time Little Richard came out, I mean he had some big shoes to fill. 
and uh, and I you know I, I I didn't I didn't look up the set list or anything. But again, uh, you 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 can't go wrong with Little Richard. I mean, what you know I mean like every song's a hit. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. You know even like the covers that he does, and that that was the amazing thing about you know Chuck Berry and and Little Richard and Elvis and um, and Jerry Lee Lewis is they all covered each other's songs. If you had a hit, they some they were covering it. it you know, it, was, it wasn't anything about this is my song, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, Pat Boone, uh, you know, made more money probably on, on Tutti Frutti than Little Richard ever did, uh, sad to say. Pat but, Boone would uh, cover any, you know, any black hit. <laughs> well, he, like, well, yeah, he'd take anything and, and Christian it up and, yeah. and fortify it for, Gotta get, get Pat on this. Gotta yeah. get the white crowd to buy it. Uh, you know. Right. When I saw Little Richard uh, snuck up to the uh, snuck into the uh, the VIP seated area and got up by the stage and and he had this he had these big these big black bouncer you know bodyguard type guys walked along the front row handing out copies of his uh, little paperback uh, one of his testimonial book about coming of Christian but they were signed so I mean they were hand signed it wasn't like a stamp or anything he had you know signed them before the show or you know signed a bunch of them so I do I didn't get little richard's autograph from little richard but i do have little richard's autograph uh, well there you go that counts that yep, counts yep. so yeah so i mean to, just to be able to say that you've seen you know one of the originators of rock and roll uh you know elvis can kiss my ass uh <laughs> w- w- without without chuck berry and little richard man there wouldn't be no fucking beatles uh, a, fr- a friend of mine um you you know i'm kind of peripheral but he's a dj up in the uh, up peninsula a guy named steve podshad he saw um, Little Richard once and got to, because he was radio station, you know, he got to meet him afterwards. He said, when he was shaking his hand, Little Richard looked up and he said, oh, long-haired white boy found out where rock and roll came from tonight. <laughs> and he said, sure. he, he said he was absolutely correct. <laughs> boy in line. Boy in line. Nice. So Jerry and, Lee Lewis, uh, uh, you've seen Jerry Lee as well? I have seen Jerry Lee as uh, well. i actually seen him twice. Right. Uh, yeah, I saw him. All right, so originally, I, when when mom and dad and I were living in Pennsylvania, he had scheduled a tour, and he was only he was only playing a couple shows, but he was going to play DC, and dad got his tickets. I was all excited. Like a week before the show, he canceled due to health concerns, and I thought, ah, that's it, man. Mm-hmm. That's there was my last chance, you know. And then, uh, 2014. He was out on the road again at 83 years old, something like that. Uh, you know, saw him at Jazz Fest. And uh, goddamn, uh, you know, folks, again, if you want to see the pictures, you got to buy the book. <laughs> buy the book. But I got some great shots of Jerry looking right at me. And I was about six feet from the from the stage. And he was a little weak. He was His voice was a little, little soft. But... Uh, and I hate to say it, half the show was like his stepsister or whatever doing, you know, like gospel songs and whatnot. But uh, but still, though, uh, just just to be that close to a living legend in Memphis, his hometown, uh, amazing. Absolutely. And, uh, matter God fact, bless it was, him. It was the same weekend the Royals were in town, and uh, that was that was the big brouhaha. They were they were having you know their big party downtown in Memphis, and. Uh, as I was waiting for Jerry Lee that day, I noticed one of the local news people there was there with their camera interviewing people at, at the festival. And, you know, me being the camera hog I am, I had to get on that action. So, uh, you know, hopped in front of the camera and said, yeah, yeah, I'm from Florida. I came all the way from Memphis and May. I'm here to see Jerry Lee Lewis, you know. 
they had asked me, you know, well, did you hear that the Royals are in town? I said, well, I think the Royals should come on down here to Memphis and Maine, come see Jerry Lee Lewis, see some of our American Royals, uh, you know, mm-hmm. see some of our royalty here, you know. So uh, I don't think they made the show. But still, <laughs> it, it was a great, great time. And uh, again, it's just one of those things where I can check that off on my list. I, I've seen Jerry Lee Lewis, for Christ's sake. Uh, I'll probably know. Ne- I'm sure I'll never get to see him. But uh, Jerry Lee, another one who liked him young, particularly his cousin. <laughs> yeah, he, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't care if they were related or not. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if this is actually a true quote or not. But uh, I, I, if if it's not, it's a damn good story. When you know, we when he get over, when he got over to London, and uh, and his little thirteen-year-old bride was towed along with him, and you know, one of the one of the reporters asked, you know, who are you? You know, well, I'm Mrs. Lewis. You know, and uh, so they, She's you like know, thirteen they, years old, <laughs> right? When they when they found out that 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 you know they were actually related, you know. <laughs> One of the guys asked him, you know, you know, well, she is your cousin, right? And Jerry's response was, what, you never wanted to fuck one of your cousins? Well, I married mine. <laughs> of course, then again, he was actually still married to two other women at the same time <laughs> when he married the 13-year-old jailbait. So he was never <sighs> one for... Uh, rules and regulations. propriety yeah 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 exactly wasn't concerned about image which then again actually then killed his career instantly so he he pretty much spent the rest of his life trying to get back to where he was before he fucked his cousin god so. bless him i can usually i I've, I've filled in my um i have filled in my jerry lee lewis uh, collection on vinyl pretty much from the dollar bed so <laughs> people offloaded the uh, albums i Hey, he's he's still had some great records in the. Oh, absolutely! It's really, really great stuff on that. They say one of his best tours was like '65 in England or something like that. So, uh, you know, I I don't, I don't have a copy of it, but I, you know, again, if you're a Jerry Lewis aficionado, just the sheer sheer longevity of some of these guys. I mean, and speaking of longevity, that's probably going to bring us to our main event. Yes, I mean, now of course, there's really only one surviving member. Well, I, two surviving members, but only one of them is actually still in the band. Right, right, uh, and 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 only one original. Yeah, for him, for sure. Uh, right. I was going to say for a band that uh, died in 1977, Todd, I've really seen them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so Dude, they, when- they've had a, uh, a they've had a longer final tour than Kiss has. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, so we are, of course, talking about Leonard Skinner. I never saw Leonard Skinner, but me and Todd kind of saw the version. I, I never saw Randy Rhodes, though. Damn it. No, I know. God damn it. Did see Awesome. But, um, of course, yeah. now, growing up, we never thought we would see Leonard Skinner. You know, there was, no. never, there was never an indication that they were going to get to get back together or do anything. But, well, again, I didn't like Skinner as a kid. It, it took me till high school to actually get into Skinner. Okay, uh, okay. See, I did. I come from Southern Ohio. Might as well be Kentucky or West Virginia. Skinner's just, you know, sure. in the, it's in the DNA down there, you know. You only lived an hour south of me in Columbus. But the, the difference in dialect difference. From, from that point of, of Columbus – down 71 south it's it's amazing if you so. ever see a map of appalachia the the line does it just goes like right south and like columbus through chilcombe and then down so yeah if we 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 just made it in there but but we talk like the rest of them that's for sure yeah. but uh so um skinner did of course eventually get back together in 1987 now they build it as a tribute tour we're just going to go out you know here and, and do a tribute 
And it was uh, out of respect. And out it was of quite a, out of respect. Uh, it was it was quite a few members of the of the survivors. Well, it, was, it was ten years after the crash, right? It was, it was yes, it was nineteen eighty seven. Um, there. Let's see. We had Gary Rosington still in the band. Um, they had brought back Ed King, who uh, had been replaced by Steve Gaines, who was killed in the crash. Uh, we had Artemis Pyle, who was a survivor of the crash. He did play we, that tour. He did. Yes, we had Billy Powell on keyboards, yeah. and we had Leon, Leon Wilkerson on bass. Yeah, so we had five out of seven members of one or another classic Leonard Skinner lineup. Then, for the vocalists, they went and uh, and got Johnny's brother uh, or Don, Ronnie's brother Johnny. So I'll be honest, I thought uh, that Donnie, the, the the one that just run around for uh, Thirty Eight Special. The one that's billed as a vocalist in 38 Special, but really doesn't sing anything. He just runs around on the stage and swings on the fucking, like, trapeze. Fire. I've never seen 38 Special. So. Uh, you got to remember those videos from the 80s. Go back and then watch a few. It'll, it'll, it'll jog your memory. But it is really funny. If you buy a 38 Special uh, record, Donnie Van Zant, who was one of Ronnie's brother, he – he would always wear the he would wear the uh, Ronnie style hat. You could tell he was in. What I'm trying to say, you could tell he was only in the band because he was a Van Zant. <laughs> yes, he was credited with as a vocalist, but really he was more of just a... just look like Ronnie and hold the guitar. He didn't right? even hold a guitar. He, you know, he was like the front man kind of of the of the band, but he wasn't the lead vocalist. Don Barnes was singing like all the hits. Ronnie, go. Go again. Go watch the old Thirty Eight Special videos, folks. Donnie is just running around like a maniac. Uh, he's kind of like Janet Gares in Iron Maiden. He doesn't really serve a musical purpose, but he's kind of like a master showman. <laughs> you, you've already so, got over my head. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, they they had uh, they they got they made the wiser choice and got Johnny, who was a little more, you know, restrained. It would actually just sing the songs, maybe not run around and make it all about him. Same place. <laughs> now, I went to my first uh, Skinner concert with our old buddy, we've mentioned a couple times, Steve Dirty. Dury. Steve Dury. Uh, they, Leonard Skinner were his favorite band, so, of course, we had to go to this together. We drank a lot of whiskey on our way there. It was an awesome night. That's also required when going to a Skinner show. Absolutely. Now, I'm not going to tell you about my second Skinner show because we're going to have a special guest coming on later this evening. And okay. uh, so we'll, right. we'll kind of kind of make that the main event. Well, I, I've seen Skinner a few times, too. I saw him at Buckeye Lake with Poison, I want to say, and Damn Yankees. Mm -hmm. uh, that was that was like the first time I saw him. That was maybe 89 or 90 or something like that. Now, but, you and I saw them once together. And this was a good one. Uh, Polaris? Uh, yes, at Polaris. It was with Three Doors Down were the, uh, were the opening act. Now, you saw Three Doors Down? Yes, we did. Now, oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, here we go. You're going to uh, see if I can I jog your memory. I must have been drunk. Uh, I'm sure. See if, you, see if I can jog your memory on this one. So Todd and I go to see Skinner at uh, this old place called the Polaris Amphitheater in Columbus. We've talked about it before. It's an Ikea now. I bought my uh, – I bought my uh, record. I bought my record shelves there, so I, I have a little piece of Polaris here in my uh, in my room, sort of, kind of. Um, but anyway, so Todd and I go, and we're we're gonna do the, you know, we're just gonna buy a ticket there. So we go up, and there's these girls hanging out outside, and they they uh, they said, hey, we've got two extra tickets. You know, you guys want to buy them, and and we, you're always worried about whether the tickets will be legit or not. You know, these girls are like, they're literally the two seats next to us. You know, just our 
our other our other friends couldn't come, you know, and uh, and so so we just need to sell the tickets. So Todd and I bought the tickets, <laughs> and we go into the show, you know. Throughout the Three Doors Down set. Is this the one where the girl broke yes. up with her boyfriend? Yes. Well, well, that was our theory. We start to notice that one of the two girls is just really, really upset. And I looked at Todd. I said, Todd, I think I know what happened here. This was a double date. And one of the girls got dumped. And now we have the boyfriend's tickets. <laughs> So so Todd tried to Todd tried to be a nice guy, buy her a drink <laughs> and 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 be there for her. <laughs> Do you remember enough of this story to take it from here? You want me to just go back. back? It's going back. <laughs> <laughs> to make a long story short, the girls couldn't hang for Skinner. So me and Todd had a little more dance room while we were uh, uh, getting our getting our uh, Hey, look, uh, you know, sometimes a broken heart means a better ticket seat for you. So that's, that's the way we're other, Sometimes other people's tragedy turns it's into your hard. triumph. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so I, I've, I've got, all right, so after you do your little story with your sister, I'll, I'll finish up the, the show here. Okay. I got, right. I got, yeah, because you were at, you were at the final Skinner show, weren't you? What's that? You were at the final Skinner show, weren't yes. you? Yes. It was, but that's the way it was billed, motherfuckers. If you're but, wondering, folks, why Skinners still have dates uh, booked after their final show next year, uh, stay tuned. Yeah. You'll find out. But yeah, uh, exactly. anyway, right, we'll, so, we'll be back here on Ticket Stubs. So stick around. More Leonard Skinner episode L. And we're back with more fun on Ticket Stubs. And hey, more special guests here on right. the show. All right. All right. All right. So we've been talking about Leonard Skinner, and uh, we've mentioned my sister Mindy many times on this program so far. So we thought uh, it would be fun to bring her on because uh, we do have a story about my my second Leonard Skinner concert, which which we skipped talking about earlier. So, uh, right, so we'll let you take that away then. <laughs> well, um, we talked earlier uh, on the on I think it was our G episode. I brought up a late Charlie Daniels episode. Uh, yeah. Talked about you know my old uh, roommate uh, Steve Dury, Todd. And in that episode, we talked about Steve taking his Confederate flag to Charlie Daniels and getting it signed. Well, that became a habit with Steve. He took it to many different country concerts and and whatnot. Well, summer of, it was my 20th birthday, so it was summer of 88. I didn't grab the stub, but um, uh, we agreed to, you know, we had both gone home from college for the summer, but we're like, all right, we're going to meet at the Hank Williams Jr., Leonard Skinner, and Rosington Band show at Buckeye Lake. Yeah. So we, you know, we made plans, and M- Mindy graciously bought my tickets for my birthday. Thank you, sis. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, Steve, I, I, we were trying to figure out a way. You know, Todd, this was in the age before cell phones and you know beepers and social media and everything. We were trying to figure out a way to how, how are we gonna how are we gonna find you. Steve said, "Oh, don't worry, I'll have my uh, rebel flag up on a big flagpole." Okay, that sounds reasonable enough. <laughs> Mindy, sure you want, <laughs> Mindy, you want to take it from here? <laughs> yeah, so so we're driving I-70, you know, we're getting close. And I said, Kevin, so how are we supposed to find these people? He said, oh, he'll have the rebel flag. So we pull in, and it's this big field, you know, to park in. And there's, like, hundreds of <laughs> everywhere. And I looked at Kevin, and like he said, there was no cell phones back then. And I looked at Kevin, and I was like, now what do we do? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin was just like, 
oh, he'll find us or whatever, which he actually did. But you want to tell story no no that's true we so we began to walk inside we figured maybe we'd get up by the gate and if he hadn't gone in yeah. we'd all just kind of meet there now i had a nickname at the time uh, it's a whole <laughs> other story but i did have a nickname from steve and some of our other friends and it was boating all of a sudden Mindy and i just hear this voice screaming boating <laughs> there's steve sitting up on top of a semi truck with a couple of truckers who had been driving through, heard about the Skinner concert. They dropped their load at a rest area, you know, several miles back and came just in the cab. So, of course, Steve had made friends with these guys, and he's sitting up on there partying with them. So, all was well. <laughs> now, are. we go into the show, and the excitement of the morning must have gotten the better of me. I don't <laughs> know if I, I don't know how much I was drinking at the time. I can't tell you. I was sure I was celebrating my 20th birthday. Yes, 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 and it was it was like 100 degrees that day. I remember the first concert I ever went to outside where I actually had a bathing suit on <laughs> underneath my T-shirt. <laughs> it came off after Washington Collins, seriously. And I don't remember, you may, I don't remember if it was between acts, if it was during Skinner, or if it was during Hank Williams Jr., but all of a sudden just everything went black for me. And yeah. So, and then I just remember Steve over me. Give him air. Give him air. Give him so air. You hit the ground. Yeah, I, I hit the ground hard. <laughs> He's standing right next to me. And, and I have to do a backstory here. I was an EMT. I was running squad back then. And I look over and Kevin just like fell to the ground. And I was like, oh my God, he's having a heat stroke. Or, you know, it was the heat. So I went running to the concession stand. I want to get some ice. I want to get some water or something, put on his neck, cool him off. I get over to the concession stand. They made me buy a Coke, like a large Coke. And I said, that's fine. Just give me the ice and some water in it. No, you got to buy a Coke. (laughs) This large Coke and go running back and get some fluid in him. Then he started coming around, but... I came so around. This is, I made, this is why he drinks so much Coke now. Now I get it. <laughs> it's, it's always it's always been my miracle drug, Todd. <laughs> but yeah, Coca-Cola. He'll be all right. <laughs> now, one thing. <clears throat> excuse me. One thing, show wise, I will say we got to give the um, the um, most valuable player award to Gary Rosington. So he opened the show with the Rosington band. They probably played a forty minute set. Then he come out with Skinner, played a two hour set. Now, Skinner. Uh, pointedly enough, did not include Tuesday's Gone in their set. Now, there was a reason for that. Hank Williams Jr. was touring on his Wild Streak album, and on that album, he had covered Tuesday's Gone. So, a few songs into his set, he's like, hey, I'm going to bring out my old buddy Gary Rosington here, and he's going to come out and join us for Tuesday's Gone. So, they did that, but then Gary didn't go anywhere. He stayed around for the whole set, and Hank played close to three hours that day. Yeah. So I mean, Gary was probably on close on stage upwards of five hours. So got to give the guy he that. Had, he had a lot. Of, he had a lot. Of oh yeah, okay. absolutely. You know those Buckeye Lake shows, Todd? You've been to them. They they were always in the daytime because they didn't have lights, so they were always yeah. in the heat of the daytime. Yeah. But uh, and it was also uh, Hank Williams the Third's birthday that day. He was not a musician mm-hmm. yet himself. Hank was like, hey, yeah, uh, 16, I think. And Hank's like, I'm going to bring my, uh, I'm going to bring my, uh, my son out, you know, and they sang happy birthday to him and he played drums for, uh, you know, a few songs. (laughs) It was really cool. 
But uh, so that was our adventure at Buckeye Lake with the million uh, Confederate flags. But uh, <laughs> me and Mindy have seen Skinner one other time together. And uh, it was the same lineup that you saw, Todd. So I, so I know you, you would have been down with the music of the show. You might not like the sponsor, though. It was the Sean Hannity Freedom Concert. <laughs> I noticed tonight, Mindy, uh, this is their 10th anniversary, 2010. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we had, a good, time. we had a good day at Kings Island. It was at the, uh, the Timberwolf Amphitheater there at Kings Island. And uh, yeah. Michael, Michael W. Smith was on the bill. So we got our, our little share of, uh, of, you know, the good, wholesome Christianity yeah. before we started into the skin. Did, did Hannity MC the event? Yes. Yes, he did. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was my I, I would have gone just for that, just so I could throw <laughs> rotten tomatoes, that son of a bitch. Right. You would have been heckling him or shouting out I would out have been arrested like, before the first band even got started. Wait till we get to the Paul Simon concert down the road, folks. Uh, we'll tell a story about Todd being heard by himself in an arena full of people. But you'll have to tune into that down the road in the end. <laughs> but uh, so, Todd, you also saw uh, Skinner with Charlie Daniels Band, right? On the, you yeah, mentioned I saw it last whole, week. It was now, all right, I was a little pissed because uh, it was announced and advertised as the absolute final Skinner show in Jacksonville with that whole lineup there. And, uh, and of course, by the time we actually got to the show, they already had more dates scheduled. So, yeah, so much for that final G show. Gary Rosington put in a call to Gene Simmons or vice versa, and Gene was like, Gary, uh, you can't right, how you just uh, give it uh, up. We told him it's the last show, but we really want to keep making more money. What, what do we got to do here? <laughs> so, yeah, well, Mindy, so, we, uh, we really want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. You got to go? Thanks for asking me. Well, she's got to go watch tonight's episode of Ticket Stubs. She's, okay, uh, she, there you uh, go. That's coming yeah, up here at nine. And, what is it, uh, H? We're on H, right? Yes, we're up to H. Sammy Hagar, you're going to hear about the, uh, you know the story already, Mindy, but you're going to hear about the Sammy Hagar show I didn't get to see because of our nephew's first birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to be the first one there to like it. <laughs> but if you're watching this show right now, you've probably already seen that episode. So anyway. Yeah. But uh, many, many may join us down the road for some other concert stories. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll probably, I'm sure your name will come up a, a few more times. Thank you. Journey, Rat. <laughs> thank you for, uh, thank you for taking me to my first Foreigner concert and Rat yeah. and Bon Jovi and. and I said uh, Journey. I didn't mean Journey. I meant Rat. <laughs> <laughs> and many other great shows through the years. Love you, sis. Yeah, love you too. Bye, Todd. Right. We'll you talk to you soon. I do need to finish up this Leonard Skinner. You, you do this to me all the time. You let me start a story, and then you cut me off and start <laughs> I, I want to finish this goddamn Skinner story. So I went with my buddy Mick, who you met before, and his wife, Audra, actually went along to the show, along with uh, their son, Dylan, and his Australian buddy, Trevor, who I don't like very much. But, uh, but anyhow, so we went to the show, and, uh, and they had an extra ticket. They were going to bring uh, their daughter as well, but she didn't feel like it. So we had an extra ticket. And I was going to try to sell it in the parking lot for him, help him out a little bit. And we, no, no buyers, no takers. It was raining all day. They, it was one of those situations kind of like where you saw Rock in the Range where the show stopped for an hour or so. You had to get off the field, lightning, blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was going on and off all day. So, you know, I, I got to see uh, Charlie Daniels, man, one and only time. I saw Charlie Daniels. And uh, Mick was telling his son Dylan how uh, I, I've, I've got a canny ability uh, to be able to get down on the floor. Because uh, we, we had seats in that first bowl section kind of in the back. You know, they were good seats. I mean, he paid for them. And, uh, you know, we were, like, right on the, right on the rail. 
but it was in the back, you know. And uh, and he's he's saying, hey Dylan, why don't you go? With, why don't you go with Todd? See if you can get on the floor. And Dylan's like, no, no, not gonna do it. And so I'm like, all right, I'll show you. And so within 10, 15 minutes, there I was on the floor waving at him, you know. And I figured, well, hell, I'm down here. I might as well enjoy CDB while I'm down here and you know, <laughs> have my beer, chit chat with some people and whatnot. And then I ended up going back to my seat uh, for uh, for Kid Rock. And uh, now the crowd, uh, I'm sure, was very similar uh, to the one at your Hannity event there in, in uh, Columbus. <laughs> I'm sure Skinner, Skinner and CDB concerts or crowds are probably pretty similar regardless yeah, of who sponsors yeah, the thing, event. You know, if, if, if uh, you know, with, with Kid Rock, Skinner, and CDB, the only thing missing was Ted Nugent at that point. So, <laughs> really. Uh, but anyhow, so there, there was a lovely couple behind me with matching T-shirts and said, uh, Hillary should have married OJ. So this is this is the type of crowd I'm dealing with, and uh, you know, and now there there was there was a, a group of uh, what I would call you know uh, liberal Skinnerd fans, okay, pot smokers, okay, okay, and so I look back at one or Sammy point, Hagar Republic, Sammy Hagar right. style Republican, right, <laughs> and uh, and I you know see him trying to light up a joint. I figured I'd go introduce myself, and they told me that they're they're pack of weed got all wet in the rain and they couldn't get their joint to lit you know like so they, they gave me one and said here you know if you can get it to go and have it you know so i said thank you very much and went back to our seat now audra is not uh, she's very protective of her children and the idea of me smoking a joint in front of her 18 year old son was horrifying <laughs> uh at, 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 which i did which i did not know at that point but found out later uh on. but uh so anyhow uh, there were some other people behind me who were being bothersome most of the day for me simply standing up and dancing. Sit down, sit down. I'm like, dude, it's an outdoor event. We're 500 yards from the goddamn stage. I'm standing up. It's a fucking skinner concert. I paid the exact same <laughs> amount as you did, Pinhead. Get off your lazy ass and stand up, motherfucker. So, yeah, so I was not getting along. I was not playing well with the crowd that day. <laughs> and so this Pinhead called the cops on me. When he saw me trying to light a goddamn joint at a Leonard Skinner concert. Oh, my God. So the thing wouldn't light. I put it back in, in the cigarette pack, put it in my pants. Next thing I turn around, there's this five-foot-four little black cop saying, come with me. And she wasn't very pleasant about it. <laughs> she, had, she had this skinny little white dude deputy with her, uh, I guess his backup. <laughs> and and again, we're you know we're, we're in the we're in the first row of the upper bowl section. I had to walk all the way back up the stairs, so she you know hand you know and as as I walked by the person that gave it to me in the first place, I kind of just tossed the cigarette pack in her direction, and sure as shit, the cop just saw me, picked it right up, and then then she grabbed me by the arm and started dragging me up the stairs. Oh, come on, come with me, uh, you know. So she's like, I know what you got in there. And I know I saw you do it. Nah, you know, and you know, you're gonna you, you, you can either get thrown out or you can go to jail. It's your choice. I said, look, I don't know what you're talking about. Someone gave me this pack of cigarettes. Uh, you know, I realized possession is nine tenths of the law, but it, this isn't mine. Well, I don't care whose it is, we know what you got in there. Just let me let me see in there. And I open it up and show, oh, look at that. Wow, join. Throw it away. <laughs> Maybe throw it away. She's like, all right, you want you want to you know you want to leave now? Or you want to go to jail? I said, those are my two options, <laughs> you know. So I said, well, I guess I'm leaving, you know. So I didn't feel like going to jail that night. Right, I know, right. I know damn well Otter wasn't going to bail my ass out. So yeah. So I said, all right. I need to smoke a joint in front of her kid. <laughs> you know. So I was outside. 
for about an hour, at least almost halfway through the Skinner set. And again, Mick had an extra ticket in his pocket that his daughter didn't use. I'm texting him for an hour. Mick, pick up the phone. He was pissed at me because I smoked a joint in front of his kid. He's not answering the phone. He did it on purpose. He wasn't even. <laughs> I was pissed at him. He's like, I'm not picking it up. So I was on my own. And after about an hour, again, this was an all-day event. So by the time Skinner had been on for about 45 minutes, people started coming out. And when people started coming out, I made my move. And, uh, you know, about, just fucking quickly passed by a security guy right back to our seats. Hey, how you doing? Free word. So I got to see at least half of that Skinner show. And when I went back in, I made sure and smiled a big smile and waved at that douchebag behind me as they walked out early. Have a nice night, you fucking assholes. Beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, yeah, so now again, the next day, uh, I woke up at Mick's house, uh, of course, after everyone else. And um, Audrey was not exactly happy. She was, she was, not, she was not laughing about the situation as I was. Uh, but I, I, I told her daughter, Julie, I said, well, you missed a good show last night. You got to see your Uncle Todd get, <laughs> get escorted out by the police. You got so, the full enchilada. Police. <laughs> so yeah, so that that is my that is my Skinner story to wrap up this week's show. But uh, that's awesome. So uh, I'm sure it won't be the only story I tell. It includes uh, trials and tribulations of handcuffs and cop cruisers. So. <laughs> it involves the police. All right. Well then, Todd. So what do we got for next week? Uh, so again, next week we it's it's a big battle show. You know, obviously Metallica, uh, Motley Crue. Uh, you know, uh, I got Motorhead. some Megadeth stories. Motorhead. I got you to know. go on Motorhead's bus once. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that. Well, we can tell about the time that I had backstage passes to meet Metallica, and we'll finish that story next week. Uh, we promised a John Mellencamp story where we're going to tell about uh, uh, a little about secret how, of buying. Handicap seats. How to get good handicap seats. <laughs> no, you, you can't you can't do that shit anymore, Betty. Now these days they actually, you know, want to make you prove that you actually are handicapped. You can't you can't pull that shit anymore. Right. But so, uh, uh, stay tuned for that one. And uh much yeah. more. We'll be back with next week on Ticket Stubs, episode M. Can you dig mm, it? Good. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> I still got serious traction.